0: I'm Michael Holly, and you're listening to the Celtics Pride podcast on Celtics Blog.
1: the Celtics pride podcast on Celtics blog. I am Adam Motenko with me as always your brother Josh Motenko.
0: Yeah that that three-game win streak was short-lived huh? What a week.
1: (laughs) And our good friend Mike Minkoff. Gentlemen
2: happy Thanksgiving. I am full of gratitude about the Celtics. Yes these Celtics.
1: I am full of leftovers still. Uh, The Celtics, you know, it's like (laughs) two steps forward, two steps back. I just want to say about these recent games, there's been grit in every single game. I've really enjoyed seeing that given how the season started. There's been more hustle and focus still, even in some of these losses from earlier in the season. The defense has been fine. Uh, Passing and ball movement on offense has improved. There's been less one-on-one. Love seeing that. Uh, They're just not putting it together for 48 minutes yet. That's going to kill you against the good teams. And when you're not shooting well, as they have been in some of these games, it's going to kill you against bad teams too. But it feels like we're taking two steps forward and two steps back. But I actually would say we're taking two steps forward and one step back. We're still turning the ball over more than I'd like. uh, But I'm okay with that because I don't think you want to emphasize that too much until you're moving the ball better. So it's like baby steps to being a good team here. Any reactions to that?
0: I mean, there was that comment recently about Imei Udoka starting with uh, emphasis on the defense and only kind of working with the offense recently, so that would make sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm seeing clear, clear gains from this team. Uh, the defense is top six in the NBA right now. Yep the offense is not <laughs> but as you said Adam we're definitely seeing increased ball movement I kind of think tatum's recent shooting struggles are a bit because he's focused so much on making quick decisions and it's it's really un, unusual like it's it's different for him it's hard for him and I think it's affecting his rhythm shooting but I'm happy he's kind of going through the process of learning how to make quicker decisions and, and i know that's a huge point of emphasis with U- U- udoka's uh, offense so you know he had 10 assists against toronto in the most recent game i would take that version of tatum over the the one that's you know slowing down the offense uh taking you know um long twos 14 seconds in, into the shot clock uh and discouraging kind of engagement from all his teammates.
1: Josh said that three-game win streak was short-lived, wasn't it? I thought it was a statement win, to win against LA. We were blowing the doors off Oklahoma City until we took the pedal off, and they almost came back to win. Uh, we blew out Houston. That was a really ugly loss to Brooklyn, but it was mostly in my mind because we just missed so many shots. And then same thing happened to start the San Antonio game. We totally came back and then just couldn't score in the last three minutes or so. Uh, and then we beat toronto with a nice fourth quarter play uh especially given that this team up until that point was the worst team in the league in the fourth quarter but we don't really want to talk about all of this we want to take some time here because it's been thanksgiving to give some thanks for things that we are appreciative of this season josh you want to kick us off or should i start with one of mine
0: well which thanksgiving uh traditional thanksgiving dish do you guys think is the best metaphor for the celtics team do you guys think they're like the, the driest of the white meat and we just need a little gravy? Uh, the, to me,
1: they're, it's, they're stuffing.
2: Things are stuffing not... is the best thing on the table. So Yeah, I great. love
1: stuffing. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways to make it. And, uh, you know, you do it the wrong way. You don't cook that bird enough with the stuffing inside and your stuffing is going to make you sick. Uh, your stuffing can get mushy and things will kind of blend all together and nothing really stands out. Nobody really knows their role. Uh, you really, all the pieces of the stuffing need to work together. I feel like this is something we should edit out of this podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I, I got a good thing I'm thankful for. My number one thing that I'm thankful for right now is Grant Williams flirting with the 50 40 90 season. He's at 51% from the floor, 43% from three and 90 from the line. That's a list of Steve Nash twice or four times, Larry Bird twice, Reggie Miller. Uh, the most underrated point guard of all time, Mark Price, Dirk, KD, Steph, and then most recently, Malcolm Brogdon and Kyrie <laughs> Irving. You know, like, this is rare company of people who've done that for a season. It's kind of funny that our guys got uh, doing it while averaging seven points per game. Um, but we'll take it. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I think it's a, a huge sign of uh, his ability to, to be able to stay on the floor and contribute um, despite you know, the limitations that Grant Williams has.
1: Josh, I love it when you take a role player and compare them to Hall of Famers. I was waiting for Malcolm Brogdon to come up on that list. That's,
2: that's classic, classic Tommy Heinsohn. Um, Joshua Heinsohn. Uh, I, was, I, was rem- I was reminded in a recent, I think it was like a, a Ringer um, mismatch podcast that uh, Kevin O'Connor brought up when Heinsen compared Greg Steamsma, the steamer, to Bill Russell. Yeah, to Bill Russell. Uh, <laughs> an yeah. all-time great Tommy Heinzen moment.
1: <laughs> I had Grant Williams on my list too. I love yeah. his shooting right now. He's so confident, and it's great to see. Uh, my first thing that I'm thankful for is Ime Odoka. He is the right coach for this team. Even with this t- two steps forward, one or two steps back, I'm seeing progress in the right areas. His belief... Is that if you play great defense and play unselfishly on offense, you give yourself a chance to win? That's how I want to see this team play. That's what I want him to instill. I'm seeing progress towards that. I think that gives us a chance to be the best that this team can be. And I just love seeing it. I, even as challenging and up and down as this season has been, I have loved seeing Ime Odoka's impact on this team. And I love his honesty, honest Ime. I'm just, I'm a big fan right now. Uh, and, and even though it was rough for him in the beginning too, uh, I'm seeing big progress here. And, and uh, I just, I'm very optimistic about him. Mike.
2: Yeah, well, a- amen on that. Ime was, was on my list as well. And I'll just put an exclamation point on the uh, honest and direct communication, I think. I think, um, and, and Jay King at The Athletic had a great article uh, discussing kind of Ime's, uh what, what Imei took from you know, working with uh, Greg Popovich and and being part of the Spurs for so long, and and you know how that that leads to kind of building um, really committed relationships with the players uh, on a personal level first, and a basketball level second, and and how that's kind of the culture he he brought to the team. So, I agree with everything you said about Ime. Um, my 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 first thing that I'm thankful for is that despite all the ups and downs of the season, despite everything, we are completely in the thick of it. Um, we are currently three and a half games out of first place. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets have uh, a, a decent kind of hold on on the Eastern Conference at the moment. but we're you know two two games out, two and a half games out of basically every other spot <laughs> in the standings. We're in a three-way tie for, eighth uh with philadelphia and atlanta right now if you if you you know um look at uh point differential by game where we have the sixth best best point differential in the east uh which is typically a better predictor of success and the the five the teams ahead of us the only kind of surprise there is chicago the others are miami milwaukee uh, philadelphia um, atlanta and Brooklyn. So we are um, really not that far off from where we, we thought we were going to be, especially when you realize that, you know, when you re- remind yourself the first seven games of the season, we went two and two and five. Again, that included two double overtime losses and that brutal loss to Chicago where we had a, a really solid lead entering the fourth and, and threw it away. Uh, Jason Tatum is in the midst of by far his least efficient offensive season of his career. Uh, I I think, you know, uh, Josh, I'm glad you brought up Grant Williams. I'm, I'm loving how he's playing and he was uh, the person I called out on on who I like totally got sucked back in on during the preseason and the way he was looking after I was basically done with him last, last year. But I think, you know, I would say on two sides of the coin, you know, on the, on the positive side, Grant Williams is arguably the most aberrational on the team so far. Like, he's, a, you know, him sustaining this level of success, you just listed a, a, a set of Hall of Famers and Grant Williams um, in that 50-40-90 club. You know, I'm not going to count on Grant staying at quite this, these shooting splits over the course of the season. On the other side of the coin, I think it's totally unlikely that Tatum is going to continue to play this bad. So, uh, and, and if both of those return to level, we're going to net positive as a team by, by a good margin. Um, so, you know, I'm just, we're, we're 9 and 5 in our last 14 games. You know, I'd, I'd say we're, we're making like three steps forward and one step back, or two and a half and one or something. Like, I really like the way things are trending. Um, and 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 we're really not far out of being a top four seed in the in the conference.
1: Josh, hit us with another appreciation. Well, yeah, I, I like what both of you guys
0: said. Uh, I also had honest email Ime or emails honesty as mine, and I think that the standings in the East are just—it's crazy that the top eleven teams in the Eastern Conference are only four games apart. Um, so yeah, we're right there in the thick of it, um, and. My second thing that I'm thankful for is Jason Tatum 10 assist games. I love it when a player is not hitting their shots and they decide to do other things that show up in the box score to help their team win. I think that that's a winning mentality play. It's a mental toughness, uh, resiliency type of move for a star player to start dishing out assists. I think that's exactly what we need to see from Tatum is him manipulating the weak side of the defense and, hitting teammates for open shots. And um, I'm thankful for his uh, potential, you know, just in general, you know, his, the fact that, that he, you know, like he, his potential, the fact that he has the talent to be a top five player in the NBA, no matter where people actually rank him, you know, that just is a sign of hope for Celtics fans around the world.
1: My second appreciation is Marcus Smart. Uh, despite his poor shooting as nor as usual but even worse from 3 so far this year uh he is a joy to watch uh he's been playing really well on offense They're the on off numbers this year are f- shockingly positive in his favor like it's like a 15 point differential when he's on the floor versus not um and but but i love watching him play defense he has this natural athletic ability he's not a run jump athlete he's not going to jump out of the gym he's not going to like beat somebody in a race but he's brilliantly intelligent as an athlete his quickness his reactiveness his strength his aggression it comes through in like truly revolutionary ways on offense and and i like I, i really think he's he's basically an athletic genius in the way that he um uses angles and and uses his body and gets to balls and and it's just so fun to watch it's so well, I think, amazing
2: i mean i fully agree he was the next one on my list and i'm mad that you said him before me um but i'm thankful that you brought him up in the spirit of this episode uh, <laughs> um and i think yeah i mean i think his genius is really his anticipation like his his actual basketball genius and awareness and his his ability to recognize um and identify what someone is intending to do before they even know and it's it's like Draymond he's just not quite as big as Draymond and as long as Draymond but it's what makes Draymond so special as well is just having that like truly truly you know top of the top um anticipatory uh ability that that lets him be moving like two steps ahead even though he's not the the most kind of physically gifted athlete on the on the court uh he he's got he's got he's he's so far ahead between between his years that it it makes up for any kind of difference in like burst um but at the same time uh he does he has to me to my eyes been showing increasing kind of burst and and uh ability to get past his primary defender with his first step. I feel like in the, in the last couple of weeks, I've seen him take it to the hole successfully um, more times than, than he has in recent seasons. I, I haven't, I haven't kind of deep dived into the, the stats on that, but, but by the eye test, you know, I, I recall in years past, he would kind of, he'd be able to get into the paint and like put the guy on his hip and kind of you know work out some offense that way occasionally but I don't recall him consistently kind of getting past his uh, just beating his guy one on one off the dribble and being able to kind of get through the lane and finish you know finish at the rim effectively with any consistency and I feel like I'm seeing that much more this year this year which is a really exciting development because um you know, you, you, you touched on this. His field goal percentage on the year, 39%. His three-point percentage on the year, 28.7%. But despite that all, he has the best net rating on the team amongst, uh, or the second best among regulars behind only Robert Williams. He's played fewer games um, at, at, with a 5.9 net rating. Um, you know, he's been a total difference maker and the best player on the team so far, I, w- I would argue or the most consistently good player on the team. I'll say it that way. And
0: and, and 7.1 assists per game in the last 10 games. That's kind of the stat that's that That's huge. I'm at.
2: That is huge. Yeah.
1: Is that since he called everyone out?
2: Uh, that, no, that's not quite the full time. That was after our first seven games. So I think we've had uh, 14 games since.
1: I mean, he's really moving the ball well. He's driving and kicking. He's... He's making hockey passes. It's like he's really showing what he meant when people misconstrued him saying that Jalen and Jason needed to pass the ball more. He just wanted that ball movement to happen. He wanted the ball to touch him so he could keep moving it the way he is now. And, and he's showing the increase in assists, and the offense is showing improvement as a result.
0: All right, my next thankfulness thing is uh, Romeo Lankford's improvements and his potential still at the ripe old uh, young age of 22. You know, he just turned 22 a month ago, and uh, I think that there's still glimpses that we're seeing that we wish would happen more often. You know, he's 14 minutes per game for his career, but only 19 this year. So he's steadily, gradually improving his uh, time on the court. And I just think that it's, it is only a matter of time before we can count on him for something consistent. Um, So I'm thankful for having another young guy besides just Robert Williams um, and obviously Tatum and Brown that, that we can put, put our hope into. I think that Celtics fans need hope these days. um, And with Neith Smith, not seeing the court due to Josh Richardson's arrival um, and Princhard not really panning out so far this year. I mean, obviously Grant has been a breath of fresh air this year, but I still think his ceiling is just so low in general that you can only ask for so much from him and expect so much from from his role. But Langford is a guy who could step into bigger roles, I think, and and, uh, ultimately be one of the better players on the team and a potential starter or first guy off the bench. And I think that that's... That's that's important to, for us to continue to see him develop.
1: I had Romeo on my list too, but it was specifically related to his three point shooting, shooting forty two point nine percent on two point one shots uh, threes per game, and showing and doing so with a really quick release. That ball rotates to him; you expect it to go in, and and I, I'm shocked by that improvement. It's so pleasantly surprising given the the practice with ping pong paddles taped to his left hands, so he would stop. Uh, getting his left hand in the way of his shot in, in his rookie year. Like this this guy could not shoot when he came into the league. And he still doesn't have a picture-perfect shot, but he's making them. It's with a quick release. I want him shooting it. He looks really confident. His teammates are trusting him. That's a huge, huge thing because his individual defense is, is good enough to keep him on the court. He's rebounding well too. Um, and uh, it's just, he is a part of the rotation right now and he needs to stay there. Uh, as long as he continues shooting this way, he can stay on the floor. Uh, Josh, you described him two years ago as a future all star. Where are you on the uh, Romeo Langford is going to be an all star scale of one to ten? What do you think? I'm
0: uh, praying for more minutes. You know?
1: <laughs> not so much. Not so much. No. Like, do do you still see that as a potential future for him? Because I don't.
0: I mean, I just no. I mean, obviously, obviously, no one does right. Um, and it would be idiotic for me to continue saying that I, I just, it's hard for me to believe that the confidence that he had as a scorer, both in high school and in college, isn't something that would translate over to the NBA level at some point. Um, and so, I mean, to me, that's kind of the difference. Like he proved that he can defend at an NBA level to stay on the court. Uh, he's now proving that he can shoot threes, you know, albeit only two attempts a game. Like it'd be nice to see that increase um he's shown recently you know if you watch the film that he can drive to pass and, and create yep. for others yep uh, which is something that our team sorely lacks and so i just think that you know once he puts it all together i i do actually think it's still a possibility uh, but i'm not going to keep blabbering on about how it's going to happen right that would be silly at this point
2: yeah i wonder with him how much of it is like um a lack of confidence to kind of push, you know, kind of push the edge uh, and and try to try to bring out more of that part of his game in the current system, or in, in kind of a, a perverse way, kind of his his confidence and, and comfort kind of just staying in the lane that he's been asked to stay in, uh, with with trust that kind of he'll get further opportunities as long as he does his job well. Because I kind of think it's maybe a mix of, of the two, but skewing a bit more towards the latter. Like we do see some flashes, but I also think he's just kind of doing what he's asked, and he's and he's doing a really really good job of it.
0: Yeah, he's trying to be a star in his role. That's the best way to get trust from your coach. Um, at some point, you gotta step out of your role and try to expand your role by. Um, getting more shots up or being more confident or being more consistent. And so, you know, not just doing what he's supposed to do isn't good enough if you're trying to be a star. Um And he's always seemed personality wise, like a guy who, who was trying to be a star.
2: You mean in, in previous levels? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess we'll see, but I, I agree. I'm certainly thankful for the way he's been playing.
1: Mike, your next gratitude.
2: So, I will go I, I have one that maybe is a little a little more mean spirited than this exercise is about. So I I won't go with that one yet. It's not it's not about anybody on our team. I'll, I'll just say that. Um but I'm thankful for Ennis Cantor Freedom. Uh hey. he, he uh for for a couple of reasons. One, I, I respect the heck out of him, even though I don't necessarily always agree quite with his logic. Um I, I certainly agree with the, the, the macro point of um, you know shining a light on both just how how many kind of benefits uh, and just advantages and, and rights that we have in this country and and how those are taken away in a in a kind of dehumanizing manner in, in many other countries such as, you know, what he experienced in Turkey directly and, and what, what has been going on in, in China with the Igar's and um, Taiwan, uh, among other issues. So um, I respect that. And then uh, on the court, he has uh, been kind of killing it of late. Our defense uh, inexplicably has been by far the stingiest with him on the court uh, in, in the last eight games that he's played in. When he's been on the court, our defensive rating has been um, 94.6. Uh, the next closest regular is... So Robert Williams over that period had a slightly lower one, but only played in four games. Um, uh, Romeo Langford played in all 10 of the last 10 games. Cantor only played in eight. His defend, the defensive rating with him on the court was like seven points worse. Uh, than Cantor and he's the next closest it it doesn't make any sense uh, so there's some some kismet going on with uh, NS Cantor freedom uh, Romeo Langford Josh Richardson and that like second unit that has just been kind of lights out and I think is is a, a big uh, a big factor in how we've been able to kind of claw our way back into some of these games. Um, and hopefully things will get less askew when Williams comes back. But I've, you know, for those that have listened for a while, have uh, they know I've not always been the, the biggest NS fan. I, I've not even always pronounced his first name correctly. So, uh, you know, thanks, thanks to him for being a huge professional while not getting a lot of playing time and performing really well in, in the last few weeks.
1: He was on my list too. Shades of World Be Free, Meta World Peace with his name change. Just well well said, Mike. All right. The next thing I am thankful for, um, sorry for this
0: being so tongue-in-cheek, but I'm thankful that I don't have to watch Carson Edwards and Shemi Ojale anymore. Oof. It's been a while. Shots yeah, fired. You, you may have forgotten what it was like watching them play, but I have not. And it's times like these – when uh, I'm, I'm just thankful that I don't have to go through that experience. Even though Ojala is playing well for the Bucks, it's just hard to watch a guy who doesn't know how to dribble or pass.
1: Josh, I saw. I think it was Broderick Thomas has a has like longer hair, and I saw like a quick shot of him on the bench, and it just gave me flashbacks to Carson Edwards, and I had that thought about how nice it is to not have to watch him. My next is Al Horford. Uh, it's so nice to have him back on this team. He has been playing so phenomenally well this year. Uh, we've been talking on this podcast and on the Slack about how we're, we're not giving enough credit to Al and how well he's playing so far this year. He looks uh, far younger than 35. Uh, the most coveted position in basketball is the wing position. And we are blessed with Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, as well as a couple of young guys that have potential. But I continue to believe that the position that most impacts winning is a versatile big. And there's very few in the NBA that uh, can play with versatility, both in terms of shooting and playing down low, that can guard numerous positions. And Horford, even at 35, is still one of those guys. I know that he's uh, his play has been not quite as good the last couple of games as it was early in the season. His shooting is not normal for him. He is only shooting, as I pull this up here, uh 29 from three far below his, his career average um and i assume that to i expect that to, to even out as well but uh i love the way he's playing this team clearly needs a guy that can pass the ball he's always in the right position when some when the ball is stalling he's running over to give a pick or he's getting the ball and handing it off he just keeps the ball moving and and the offense flowing he he's a leader they have been playing some of those mic'd up segments in these games and he, he's saying the exact right things about hitting singles, staying in the game, staying focused, focusing on defense, we'll come back in this, that's all we need to do. He's exactly what this team needs and, and I'm grateful that he's back on this team.
2: Here here. Can can never get enough Horford. Um though yes, I do hope those three-pointers fall um given that that uh josh josh burst the dam open with his tongue in cheek i'll i'll give mine and and it relates directly to to the fact that we get to be thankful for al horford uh i'm thankful that kemba's not on our team anymore Uh, um uh, tough news coming out uh, of new york um uh Kemba Kemba Walker no longer part of their rotation uh as it as it stands really I had not heard that yeah yeah yeah. he he was removed from the rotation uh he is uh unfortunately a complete defensive sieve and that was a team I I should have made the the bet Adam that with Kemba they would not be a top five defense um or top 10 defense. I I, I don't believe they're either right now. Um, but it's, I mean, it's tough for him. I feel, I feel awful for him. He was a, a wonderful guy to root for, uh, but it was clear that we were not better with him um, as last, last season went on. And, you know, we, we flipped him. We got Al, we did give up the, the, the heavy, draft capital. I know, I know that hurts you deeply, Josh. Um, and Sengun has been, can, has been really, really good for the Rockets. Um, though he'd have probably a, a complete non-role on our team this year, the way, uh, has been running his rotations with young guys, but, um, I am thankful that we've kind of oriented around this defensive identity. I think we're going to finish the season with a top five and pop probably a top three defense um we have the kind of you know tough switchable versatile uh personnel that that means that when in a tight game we will always have a chance and we always we have the defense to make sure we're always always have the potential to be in a tight game so i i just find that exciting it's it's the way i wanted the team to kind of build its roster for years um i'm excited that's it was kind of one of the first things Stevens did and it's played out. I I think this recent decision by Tibbs to take Kemba out of the rotation kind of demonstrates that was a justified pivot.
0: Yeah. You, you can't go from taking on Kemba Walker right after the uh, world cup where he's in the lineup for pop with, Tatum and Brown and smart. And now all of a sudden all, you're going to unite those four together in the starting lineup with the Celtics. And, and then things don't go well. And then, you know, you can't expect him to take a off the bench role after coming into that situation the way he did, but going through Oklahoma city and then going to New York, I was kind of shocked that he was starting for tips. Um, and I think that this is not the last we have heard of Kemba Walker his career is not over. This is just the perfect way for him to enter into the twilight of his career, which is as a scorer off the bench. I mean, that's what this guy is good at. He can get you some buckets um, and he can get hot. And if his role is limited to minimize his defensive uh, inefficiency and and, uh, the fact that he's just not a point guard, I mean, I think that that's an ideal situation for him if quickly or... Um, Derek Rose were not there. I think it would be a perfect role. Just come in off the bench and, and and be Kemba Walker. But as a starter, you know it's it's not it's not there anymore for him, and he just needs to be in the, the right kind of a situation for him to humble himself enough after being a max player, after you know everything he's been through, to be able to accept that kind of a role, which I think is best for for this stage of his career. So I'm actually excited for Kemba Walker because this is kind of like the move before he can finally accept that, I think.
1: Didn't I suggest that like a year or two ago, that he be the sixth man and come off the bench?
0: For us, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's you can't expect him to accept that kind of a role, or, and it's kind of a – you're not taking care of your player if you bring them in under certain pretenses and then you ask them to do that because they're not playing yeah. as well. Like, you know, these stars have certain expectations. Uh, the last thing I'm thankful for is you guys. Oh,
1: should we just let that lie there? Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, I'm thankful for a number of additional things. Number one, uh, I'm thankful that Bill Russell is still alive. It's great to see him. I think he was at the, uh, I want to say the Brooklyn game and the LA game. So great to see him. Uh, I love how the NBA respects him. The fact that they've named the finals MVP after him could not have picked a better person for that. His infectious laugh, uh, what he means to the Celtics organization, especially given what he went through when he was playing in this city. It's just great to see him uh, at the games, enjoying them. I I just, I just love that. And uh, since it sounds like Amen. we're winding down here, um, I'll also add Mike Gorman and Sean Grandy. I'm appreciative for our play-by-play guys. Mike Gorman is one of those voices that... Uh, is soothing to me growing up on him uh like i can watch a game and fall asleep to that soothing voice and i'm just i'm glad that he's still doing it uh and i think sean grandy is one of the best in the business and uh i don't listen to him enough uh uh, because he's fantastic
2: fully agree they're they're both uh yeah they're, they're creme de la creme um and we're spoiled to have to have both of them as as options um the last the last one that i've got I'm, I'm just thankful i mean obviously we're not fully out of the pandemic there's this omicron variant yada yada yada. but i'm still thankful to be getting to watch just like kind of regular basketball games with fans in the crowd um it it's just more fun. <laughs> it's a better experience. I'm sure it's much better for the players and, and the teams. Uh, it's definitely much much more fun as, as you know fans uh, watching at home or, or getting to go to the games every now and again. Um, so I'm, I'm really thankful for that. and you know it's this team has uh, some some tough moments but but this this year's team is much more fun to root for than last year's.
1: Here, here! I want to add uh, gratitude to the Celtics blog community. It's fantastic to have this podcast, to have the blog, to have a community uh, to obsess over the Celtics with. Uh, so, thanks to you guys too, Mike and Josh, for for participating in this with me. A special thank you to all of our listeners. This would not happen without you, and, and we certainly hope that you enjoy the content that we put together here uh upcoming for the celtics here we've got the let's see one two three four five of the next six on the road it's a tough stretch uh against philly next at home and then utah and portland before going to the lakers and then the clippers and then phoenix who's i think they've won like 15 in a row 16, 16. yeah some really really good teams that portland team has not been playing great but i they have tough players on so like this is a tough stretch here I think it's really going to be uh, difficult for this team, and, and we're going to learn a lot about this team as a result of this. Uh, it's, it'll be a good test for some of the improvements that they've made. So, uh, again, thank you to all of you for l- listening, for being a part of Celtics Pride. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Celtics Pride Pod or individually at Mike Minkoff NBA or at Coach Motenko for Josh. <laughs>